and welcome to We the People podcast. This is our Friday edition. Uh, for those who might have been following us before, our Monday edition was Haley and I, and today it is uh, we have uh, done some revamping on things, uh, restructured uh, the way that we're going to run out the schedule, and have decided that Friday is the day uh, that we will be uh, running our podcast with the two of us. And I recap the week and uh, talk about the weekend, maybe what whatever comes to mind as usual. Um, so, um, in terms of where we go from here, we have uh, unscripted as always, unscripted and flowing uh, conversation. How you doing, Haley? Good. Kind of unscripted. We have kind of unscripted, yes, indeed. Bullet points. Yeah. Well, there we go. <laughs> See, I I'm unscripted, and and you run the show as usual. So uh, that's how we've made it this far. Why change now? And let's go ahead and um, get some talking points going. What's on your mind? What's what's going on in the world? From well, we have a lot. Um, yeah, we do. We're in California for anybody who is yeah. uh, listening for the first time. We are in lockdown, California, because that's what we do here. Um, so there's been quite a few things that have happened since we were on together last. Um, we went, I don't even know how long it was. We were just talking about that. I don't know if it's been four to six weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, but we have um, elections. We went through elections. Right. Um, right. We took a break as we were yep. working behind the scenes on all of uh, everything going on in the election season. Yep. So we have elections we can talk about. We have the California Constitution that we can talk about. We have the monolith. With the monolith, the monolith, right? The uh, international monolith phenomenon. Yes, that is the monolith. That we can talk about. We have local businesses that we can talk about, um, and we have local officials and holidays and things that are going on this weekend. So different events that are happening that I hope are going to continue to happen this weekend. Right. So it doesn't look like the actual state um, home order goes into effect until Sunday. So I guess we got about forty-eight hours to kind of right. go hog wild. Yeah, spread <laughs> spread the virus one last time. I mean, if, yeah. I I, yeah, I don't anyway, even yeah. don't even get me started on that. I have no idea how to process information anymore when it comes to that. So um, why don't we start with the elections? Let's do it. Yeah. Okay. We had, so uh, we had local, local state, and mm-hmm. and federal elections uh, yeah. this past. Whoa! It's been a, a month now. It's been a month, but our county just certified their elections last week. Right. Um, so we went San through San Luis Obispo County. San Luis Obispo County. Um, so they certified their elections. And um, d- how do you think that came out? Do you think it came out according to kind of what you were thinking along the lines of who was elected back in or? Um, at our at our county. Local level. Local yeah. level. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I was running for city council in the Tascadero, so right. I did not win. So, no, it didn't go right. the way that I expected at all. <laughs> I mean, come on now. Um, of course. So uh, was it all a huge surprise? Um, you know, the, the retrospect and hindsight on an election is always much clearer than going into it. You know, you go into election night. It's basically you don't know anything at all and you don't pretend to really you just know, you know, the work that's been put in is what has been put in. And there we go. This uh, particular year was a bit different with the universal mail in ballots that 
you know, that uh, occurred in California. So a lot of the um, the lead-in time working up to the election uh, was a bit dissipated because there was already floods of ballots Oops. already turned yeah. in. Mm -hmm. um, so it changed the, the perspective and the dynamic there, I think, a little bit on that. Um, but overall, I mean, the, the people who were elected in from our you know, local area um, all the way up to our state assembly uh, was not a huge surprise. Um, I don't know that, you know, there was, you know, the people that I knew that I, I expected um, to do well, they didn't do terrible. They, you know, some of them won, some of them lost. Um, so no big surprises. How about you? Yeah, the same. You know, I, I think I, I had um, obviously high hopes for you, um, kind of where we were going there. But I mean, I think overall with the, with the incumbents that we had and with people that were running again, I, I think it, it was there wasn't too much of a, a change in the apple cart, really. I guess. In the apple cart. Okay, <laughs> I, I'm just catching. Okay. So apple cart, yes. The apple it's cart the, isn't tipped over, right? Exactly. Yeah. All the apples got put right back in. <laughs> right. Good or bad? Are we? Oh, what are we talking about here? Um, all right. So hopefully, you know, they cleaned out the bad ones, got the good ones back in, and we're going forward on our great and uh, and illustrious republic that we have in California and across the United States. So uh, we we have state. Um, I think the, the, the two big narratives, and, and we don't need to cover this in depth, this is just, we'll just touch on it so, so we give it some breath, but uh, the presidential election and, the, and then those um, other state elections um, and state campaigns were the big surprise. I think um, everybody uh, was very surprised at the um, success that the Republican um, down ballot, down ticket, uh, seats did. Um, they won 12 or 13 um, seats back in the House of Representatives and um, outside of the Georgia election, the, the runoff that is going on right now, uh, they held strong, uh, the Republicans held strong in the Senate as well, which um, according to all claims was not supposed to happen. They were supposed to go the other direction. Right. There's, uh, mm -hmm. you know, the blue wave uh, never came and it was actually more of a red wave going the other direction. So, um, but chaos and, you know, really overwhelms that narrative anyway with the, what's going on at the, the national election mm -hmm. for president. Uh, I know a lot of people uh, call it over. It's been called by you know, media outlets uh, and then there's this ongoing churning of what i mean i, I don't there's there's oh. like co continual hope and and continual coping with what's going on i don't know yet where it's going and just keeping our eye on what it is because it's not dead yet i mean we're we're if, if we're talking about beating a dead horse the dead horse is getting back up every time um and and you know ready to go so that's been an interesting cycle um at, in the aftermath of the presidential election I think for me, the most interesting part about it is the denial that it's it's even happening. That that's what blows my mind. I, like for me, I I don't 
we've talked about this before. I don't particularly side with one or the other. Um, I'm, I'm a very neutral party. I do try to base all of my votes off of uh, the content of character of the person, what their policies are, what their um, – and content of character, actually, even when I say that, in a politician – is very different than a friend, to be honest. When yeah. I'm when I'm looking your, at a your friend, your expectations are or, much lower. It, it's not that they're or, much lower. It's I I expect something completely different out of a politician than I do a friend, my husband, um, somebody that I find to be a close confidant. Um, in my politician, I just don't I don't want weak sauce. I don't want somebody that's going to roll over. I want somebody that stands up for the the, the local business owners. I want somebody that um, understands the bottom line and knows how to fight for the bottom line, um, puts America first. I mean, just things so, to me that, that continue to grow an economy and grow a, 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 a country that I know that my kids can grow up in and be prosperous yeah. in. So right. that, that's my number one every, every day. If it was just me and I, I didn't care about anybody else, I don't know if I would ever even vote, to be honest. Yeah. But I'm looking for that future. I'm looking for my ch- my children, my grandchildren, my great grandchildren. Well, I, I think in that the the scope of what a person is actually running to do, uh, that I mean, when we are talking about a president or a governor or a city council member, um, like we have city council members that ran on like we're going to fix homelessness. No, well, no, you're not going to fix homelessness. There's no. There's currently across the country, there's no fixing homelessness. And the idea that you're going to is a very virtue signaling ideal, but you have no ability to do it. And that's kind of, and and just, that's a a city council level going to the national level, like the president, like what are we electing a president for? Do we know, are people educated enough to know what a president does, what their job is? and then on down the line, what a governor does, what a governor's job is, and mm-hmm. who's competent for governor. Like, like you mentioned, you're not voting for a friend. You don't mm-hmm. want a buddy. You want somebody who's doing a job, right? So, right. We, so as, as voters, it is really in, um, it is, the onus is on us to know what the job is and why we're voting for this particular person, not right. because they said something we like. And, and you see that through even leading up to this election, you see that online uh, if, if you're watching different social media channels, somebody will say something awesome. And it's like, oh, well, let's go back to the, the police chief uh, in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Um, she, she came out and she said, you know, when everything was kind of over the summer, she took a strong stance about her, her uh, community and communities coming together and taking yeah. responsibility and, and, and she, immediately people were going, you know, you know, I don't even know her name, but for president, for, you know, she should be president. She should run for president. It's That's like the what? first thing everybody says yeah, when what they like is somebody. It that, yeah. What is it about <laughs> your misunderstanding of what's actually going on in the world? Do you think if somebody says something you like that all of a sudden they're qualified or, or yeah. even, even or in the conversation yeah. for a president um, of the United States or any other job, you don't, we don't vote for people, but we do. We vote for people who we like or something like oh, that. People but what- do. I can't. I mean, looking back at all the people that I voted for, the only person, and I know I'm going to get a lot of hate for this, Uh-oh. the only person that I ever really liked 
that I voted for was oh, Sarah Palin. I know. I knew you were going to say that too. <laughs> but it was like it was a different time and era, and it wasn't it wasn't the fact that How she was. How old were you at that time? Oh, I was probably. I mean, I'm not super old, so I mean, it was what 26, 27. So I mean, it wasn't that long ago. But the yeah. thing is, for me at the time she brought something to the table that I'd never seen before. And so it was like this empowerment and what is of, that? Yeah. it was an empowerment that, okay, so it's kind of a funny story. And this, it, this has nothing she to do with- She was a female with, vice no, no. president candidate. Oh well, yes, there, there was that, but- That's when she came to pro- there, prominence. Yes, so, and, and she's very um, homely. <laughs> so the way she talked was, was not politician-y Colloquial at all. And politician is not even a word. But she wasn't political. She was very, like, straight shooter. This was, like, from the hip and, like, hey, you know, and had this, like, little twang and she's from Alaska and, like, so I don't know. So That's it was, like, there, there was something, <laughs> it was something, like, super relatable yeah. as, as a young, you know, um, you know, um, career woman and the, the funny part about it was not like this feminism thing. Like I grew up with a very strong father. My father was, was, um, um, he was an attorney, he was an Olympian, you know, so he, he was a, he was a great man, but he was just, he was a very straight shooter too. Um, but I remember when I was, when I was a kid and I think I was like in probably a, a sophomore in high school. And I remember being in our home in Templeton and I, I used to ask him different questions here and there about politics and stuff like that. And I remember asking him once and I said, how come there's never, whoa, how come there's never been a woman president? And he was like, well, you know, um, women are pretty emotional. And so there's like, so he gave me this like really strange answer that I, I felt even at the time was kind of strange, but I never really thought about it. But People call that a sexist answer. But see, it wasn't. To me, it wasn't. They would call it that. They would, yes. But it was a different time. But you got something different out of it. Correct. It was a different time and era. So I I, I feel like he, and the way that he was, and he was brought up with a very, very strong mother. Like my grandmother was like iron. So he wasn't saying that because he didn't believe in women. He was saying that because he, and, and he explained this to me later on in my life, is that the world needs women to be women. Because to have that motherly feel to them, to have that um, that care for every single person that they come into contact with, which most most women that I know have, and most women that he knew had, and and so he felt like putting a woman in that position would take an element of a woman away that's very important to the dynamic of who we are as people, because we all play a different role, regardless of what you decide you are we all play a role and so there was that role there that he grew up with that he just kind of felt and so it was something so when Sarah Palin came out um, I remember talking to him about it because I thought hey this goes right back to the conversation that I had with him that he said that you know women should not be the president of the United States and he changed and actually at that point he had changed his understanding or, or I guess opinion really and he said, you know, having having a woman in the White House as one of the, the people in power to, that makes decisions would probably make the, some of the best decisions. He said, I've worked with CEOs that are women. I have worked with, he said, I've worked with you, Haley. I've worked with, you know, other people. Um, my my older sister was in a, in a role similar to his. So he had, it was just, again, a different time and era. And so when he was growing up, that just wasn't, that wasn't taught. But then right. he had five girls. So it, 
I think, you know, watching us and growing with us and he was growing as a human as well. And, and so by the time this all came to fruition, you know, back when, you know, she was running, it was like, Hey, this is something new. This is something different. And yes, this is, this is something we can all get on board with. And I think that's, that's the key thing that I look back in our history that I find remarkable and just absolutely incredible is that we can go from something that's so awful to where, you know, people were, um, people were used in ways that they, you know, should never be used. There was, um, parts of our constitution that wasn't constitutional to, to all humans that lived in America and that, you know, that were a part of America that made America great. But we can look back and see the changes and the implements that we've made um, in, and I don't know if that made sense, we've seen that, that progression, you know, and, and it's like, it's almost like we got to live through that, or somebody did, right? I wasn't in the 60s, but they got to live through that and then all of a sudden come full circle like with my father and sit with him 40 years later, you know, after he had gone through what he went through and now 40 years later and he's talking to me and he's saying, yeah, actually, I, I think that's a great idea. I think, yeah, more women I have around me, I'm the better I am. Mm-hmm. You know, they look at things a little bit differently. I look at things differently. And so if we don't allow each other to progress and change and actually grow with the times, and instead I could have made him feel terrible. I could have made him feel terrible that he had ever said that to me and be like, oh, you hypocrite. But instead of that, I can just accept it for what it was well, I think you know a part of the the growth and the the change is that you know you're, with your dad's experience that you've just explained, uh, he found women that made him better as a person, that made his either his organization better or his team better, whatever he was building at the time. Uh, he learned how to you know adapt and bring in people who were better. Mm-hmm. Uh, he and and there is a, a, a an idea and, and we're dealing with an idea that you can force that you can just say well if that worked for him it's like take his example so if he was more successful by the team he built around him and that team happened to be women well then the idea that we're in right now which is the identitarian uh the intersectionality type of idea that some people have uh, that they're really looking to force is the idea, well, that's what is important. You know, we heard that during um, the, uh, the election cycle, you know, even here, that somehow diversity means bringing on more women. Well, that, that's not diversity. <laughs> diversity is, no. is not what, what your gender or sex is or what your sexual identity is. It's what do you bring to the table? Mm-hmm. Diversity is what's your background? Diversity is what's your expertise? Diversity is what do you bring to the table that makes us more diverse as a unit? Mm-hmm. And you're like, well, I'm a girl. Oh, okay. So you can tell us all about girls? Like, I know what it, so yeah, I mean, it's it, so, but, but we have already five girls on here. So why would bringing one more girl on here? So what, you know, what mm-hmm. is it about you that actually makes you important? That's what we want to know. And the idea that, well, I'm a, uh, I have all of these minority checklists that I check all these boxes. So that makes me diverse. And it's like, well, no, if we're, if we're looking at um, building an operation, I want to know if you have the skills that make us diverse. Mm-hmm. Like, if, like in our operation, we have um, a, a publication that needs somebody who knows how to write about um, wine, somebody who knows to write about agriculture, somebody who can write about 
you know, cars, somebody who can write about history. These are things. So when you come to us and you're diverse, it's because you have learned either a really exceptional level of, of knowledge and experience about one topic, or you are versed in a number of topics. And that's diversity, having a skill set and having, having a balance in who you are as, and you go back to the content of your character. The, the character is what we're looking for in our business. Mm -hmm. And I don't know how that's different in any other business, but everybody's going to do their business a little differently and whatever makes their business successful, that's okay with me. Um, but in our business, I need to make sure that we're adopting people who are successful and whether that's somebody who has, um, you know, a, a gender identity of one thing or another is regardless to me. I, unless we're writing a story specific to that, it really doesn't matter. I want to know, do you know the laws of, uh, you know, uh, public works and, and what they're planning to do on the street here and whether that falls in line with laws that, that make this an important story or whether this is just, you know, there it is not as, you know, layered and, and, uh, or if they're teachable, nuanced. I mean, cause we have, we have people on staff that didn't have that as their background, but they had, you know, like they didn't know all the laws of public works, right. but they brought other attributes that obviously we could see and say, oh, okay, well, this is somebody that's capable of reading all the laws of public works to make sure that they have a, a general understanding of what that is, but then also have that state of mind to do right. um, research and investigation as well. Right. And so I think, you know, you hit it right on the head is the fact that, you know, having diversity means a lot of different things to a lot of people. It just seems like this year it's come out to be something completely different um, than what I was, you know, what I've seen over the last 10 years even. Um, you know, we just, it, our world today is just a very different um, environment and our nation's very different in the way that uh, media covers events and um, and even hiring and, and um, just general, um, overall I don't know why my mind's not thinking of the right words but it's just it's just different today and um, the way yeah. that we're going through things are just different today so then we have um, so we started this conversation uh, talking about uh, some election stuff and you know and going through that um, you know talking about your your dad and his experience uh, and then what we you know what we're sitting with in terms of maybe next steps in our community uh, our community is a small you know fairly tight-knit community um, yeah. I go don't go so far as to just call it some kind of tight-knit community we have uh, fractures um, in different areas in politics and um, class and and uh, different things that segment the community uh, we do have a great volunteer base in this community great uh, nonprofit um, organizations in this community that do a lot of great things in allowing one one person to help service another person without uh, a whole lot of um, uh, experience. I mean, we don't we don't uh, have a lot of exclusion when it comes to helping other people. There's a lot of inclusion, a lot mm -hmm. of, of ability for people to get involved. Um, I've, I've worked on multiple boards and multiple nonprofit organizations. Whenever anybody uh, complains. Um, it's usually from somebody who has not helped and it's, it's 
there is open seats at these boards and in these nonprofit organizations. So whenever anybody does complain, um, it's about really, I see them not being willing to, to give. And, and that's, that's the odd thing. Like if you see a problem, there's organizations where you can help divert their resources to a, a, but you can't just do it by complaining. You have to do it by getting involved in actually doing something and volunteering yourself. Um, and so that's one way, mm-hmm. you know, that of uh, where we're going as a community, um, this at our local level. Well, you bring up a good point, though, too. And, and this ties back to um, the homelessness. So when people run on the platform, like they're going to fix homelessness and they have all these brilliant ideas. Um, I sat or I didn't sit on them. Um, I listened in on they had a homeless panel um, to, to discuss right. the North County homelessness yeah, the other night, yeah. Um, yeah, a few nights ago. And so Wendy from Echo and then um, the head of the organization of, of Cap Slow and the head of the organization in Arroyo Grande, and I'm sorry that I don't remember what um, either one of their names are um, right off the top of my head. But the, between the three of them, they have such a, a, an amazing – understanding of the homeless and the homeless population and how to help them than I've ever heard, you know, and, and if our local officials, you know, which I'm assuming most of them do, but if any one of them sat with all three of those ladies, they would know how that they could help because each one of them have a specific idea of exactly what they need, a specific idea of what the community needs and what kind of help the community can give them. And it was neat to listen to them walk through certain things. It was unfortunate to hear, you know, obviously certain things that are happening um, or resources that are lacking. Um, but the one, the one thing that was really interesting to me is that they don't have, um, they, they brought up talking about COVID and they had asked if any of them had any outbreaks and they, mm-hmm. they hadn't. So I, 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 I don't want to dig too much into that right now, but it just was really interesting to me that the homeless community, we haven't had... Well, it's, it's actually, it's not just here, not just no, in, in our right, community that that right. topic has been brought up. I, I saw, you know, an, an L.A.-based uh, commentator, Dave Rubin, uh, he also went out and, and he said, why, why have we not seen in the L.A. homeless, you know, encampments a breakout that, right. you know, kills a bunch of homeless people? They don't have the resources. They have, you know, so, you know, he, he brought that up. He was complaining and, and opining about uh, the governor's orders, the recent orders uh, for closing down. Also, he lives in the L.A. area, right. which uh, Mayor Eric Garcetti um, has implemented some very, you know, strict you know, shutdown guidelines. Right. That, uh, in fact, a, a lot of uh, sheriffs continue to say we're not going to um, impose fines on these um, situations. So we have, uh, you know, in, in that regard, we have. A, a public and I, and I love I love the public they, they divide themselves and and all of our listeners you're all you're all included in in this public that we're talking about I mean you divide yourselves into groups that uh, believe that where they're the most fascinating group that divides themselves up is the group that says we don't know enough but we know more than everybody else but we get our information from this particular group of people and now that that information is going downhill through us and now anybody who doesn't believe that uh, what we believe is now uh, and you know somehow 
even dangerous or mm -hmm. you know misinformed and and we hear this and it's it's I know you and I uh, we take it a little bit differently when I hear it I think it's comical I I, I am amused at these at the the things that these people think and they think things that these people say um, and you know it, it can be disheartening though and it can be frustrating to hear people um, just be uh, closed-minded about things and not look at we have so much information and so much evidence and we talked about uh, at the beginning just having so much of information about elections like I don't even know what to think right now I'm just waiting no, and that, waiting for a and conclusion the, here right and that's really I mean it's it, for me I don't feel like I have and we've always said this, like, if, if we're going to complain about something, we have to do something about it. So I can't complain about what's going on because I, ha I have no ability to help with it at all. Um, so I, I watch it. I listen to it. I read about it. In terms of COVID, it. you mean, or the virus? No, the elections is what oh, you were yeah. talking about. So, I mean, it's not like... Well, I related it to the elections. That the ele There's so much information yeah. that, that we, we have that is, like, how do we process all this information? Right. And we have the yeah. same thing with, with the virus is we yep. have so much information. How do we process all this information? Right. And then when you do, and then when also the the key elements are contradicting each other, it's hard to like. Do you believe the CDC or do you believe the WHO or do you believe the, you know? Well, I believe um, um, I believe our governor. So when our governor says uh, we need to lock down and then goes and and eats with forty people at a restaurant, um, I know that it's okay to go and eat with forty people at a restaurant. I know that for a fact because the person who is the expert or at least closest to the experts has that permission. So I know that we all do abs absolutely have that permission. So it's not, it is a suggestion for those who want to take that suggestion. And that's what we're living in right now. Um, very interesting times where we have to kind of decipher that for us. So all of our listeners, of course, are very highly educated and, and knowledgeable about this. So we're not telling them anything they don't know. Um, and the people who don't or won't be able to use this information don't listen to our show anyway. So so, so we on are that note. on that note, you want to change subjects here? So I want to, um, I want to pull yeah. it back to the, the homeless panel. So just, just so everybody knows, cause you can actually still watch this as well. So the league of women voters um, of San Luis Obispo County, they put this panel together. And so it was Wendy Lewis, the president and CEO of echo grace McIntosh, the deputy director of cap slow and Jana Nichols, the executive director of five cities, homeless coalition. So if you listen to them, they, they really, um, walk through and give really great detail about what's happening, give updates. Um, Wendy and Echo are doing amazing things here in Atascadero and also in Paso Robles. Um, and just their, their love and care of humans. And I think that's, that's the one thing that um, I guess, you know, when you brought up that I get disheartened, I do because I, I do try with everything that I have. And I, you know, it's, it's, it sounds very Pollyanna-ish, but I try everything that I do. I want I want to be a good human, and I want to do what's good for other humans. You're white pilled. I don't know what that is. Right, um, it, that means you're optimistic, and you have a okay. Yeah, so black black pilled would be your pessimistic. White pilled is optimistic. Blue pilled is one thing, and red pilled is another. So there's four actual. Interesting. Pills. Yeah, I know. Okay, well. So continue white pill Pollyanna. <laughs> want the best for everyone um well no it, it's just and it's i do want the best for everybody but i i do know that i don't have any responsibility over them either i have only responsibility over myself so when i say that yeah. i want to be a good human it's really about me right. like i want to be a good human i want to present to be a good human 
um, because you just never know who's watching you. And, and part of that comes from our kids. You know, we know that our kids are watching us all the time. Whatever I'm going to do, I can't yell at them for doing the same thing if they're watching me do it day after day. So I have to really watch myself. Right. Same thing with our team. If I'm going to do something or ask them to do something, I have they have to know that I'm willing 110%. I know you don't like 10%. No, no. Um, 100% to that I'm going to do it as well. You yeah. know, it's, it's that... And so, you know, when I, when I watch our politicians or I watch um, certain people say something but then do something completely opposite, that's hard for me because I'm like, nope, actually, you, I'm going to hold you to that because you literally said it. You said that the rest of us have to do it. So, no, you don't get to go off on some major vacation when we've canceled two vacations this year, you know, right. and, and our kids know we've canceled two vacations. And um, so, anyways, the, the whole aspect of all of this just doesn't, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't all compute. But for me, again – that what I try to live by is just being a good human, making sure whatever I'm putting out into the universe is also uh, good human juju because that's at the end of the day, that's what matters to me. I, it, the politics and all of that and, and, and the rigmarole that people do against each other online and their keyboard warriors and all that to hold that much anger and hate inside of you is not a good thing. I know that. You know, I've, right. I've, I know that I've watched that. I've, I've been a part of that and it's not a good thing. It's not, it's, and it's not good for you as a human to what? hold that inside. Yeah, that there's a good point there. And I think on, on social media, I think people misinterpret what social media is because you have a, you have a account and you have your picture and you have your name and all of a sudden you and other people think that this is you and it's a, it's a person. Um, and aside from the fact that there's a bunch of bots and fake people and, and, and robots out there acting like people online, we have a very strange, uh, online. And, and for me, if I was running a social media company, my first and foremost, um, problem that I would address is, uh, making sure that there are no fake people on my account. If I'm going to host social media, I want to make sure that there's no inauthentic people here. That would be my first thing. Like I, I want, I want people to trust what's going on um, on my site. I want people to know that they're talking to another human being and that these human beings are verified. But we don't even have, we have nothing even close to that. So yeah. you go on, and I think it's a bigger problem on Twitter than it is on Facebook. But, but the idea that you have an avatar and you have a face and you have that you're saying something, you're really it's it's just a marketplace for ideas. And I think people lose sight of that. They think this is what I believe and this is my idea, and they think they're putting something out there that is like this substantial thing. And it's really it's an idea. I take a look at it. You know, I might interact with it. I might not. But it's just an idea. It's not another person on the other end actually in the flesh. Um, not that I don't think there's a person on the other end yeah. in the flesh, but the, the engagement and the, the platform that we're using is an idea marketplace. It's a common place to, to share information. And you, so you have, you have a, I think, a misunderstanding. And I don't, I don't know if we'll um, get to the end of it um, before we realize like these are just ideas out there either you know take it for what it is or leave it but you know don't try to attack the other person on the other end because their idea is bad just come with a better idea right and and let's have a conversation because if you can help people get better ideas uh, then that would be helpful if you don't have the ability to help people get better ideas then maybe you shouldn't talk 
you know, at all. Or if you do talk no, you're not helping them get a better idea. You're just, uh, you're not that kind of person, you know? And we have a, a lot of ideas where, well, my idea is the best idea, or I know, you know, these people are on one side of things um, and I'm on the other. And so we have this, this tribalism. But, but the reality is if, if I have, if I get good information and a good idea from somebody uh, who claims to be a Democrat or a liberal or, you know, or, or a socialist and, or a communist, if I get a good idea from them, I'll take it. I have no, I'll wash it off and take it home. I do not care. If I get an idea from the other side, I will wash it off and take it home. I don't care. I'm building, I'm building what's best for me and my environment and myself as a person. I'm not necessarily trying to win an argument. I think that's kind of where a lot of times where people get lost. It's like, you're not winning an argument. If you're not taking something home that benefits you as a person, then you've kind of lost already going into the fight. Well, maybe that's really where a lot of this comes in because there's, there was a conversation that we were having this morning and, and I didn't think about this until you just said that, but I think that maybe people put stuff out into the universe, into social media and things like that to see what response that they get back because they, they live for that fight. There's that fight. So they have some these, of it. Yeah. Some of it you're baiting out right. there and so you're, you're just putting words. out the bait and you're, you're looking for right. an engagement. And so when you don't get that back, I, I really believe that it helps people when they don't get it back. Um, I was going back and forth with this guy this morning and you know, the, the words that he In used. Email. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the words that he used, I think he was trying to get me to like, come back at something. But I, I mean, yeah, people can say whatever they want to me. And I, I, it's not that I let it roll off, but I just, I don't take it. I don't take it as personal as I used to. Now I'm just like, Hey, this is this person's opinion. I've seen a bunch of crazy opinions right now. Right. I'm going to let them feel, cause if they feel that way, feel that way. I think like it's not new, up to me. When you're new to the idea of marketplace and somebody attacks your idea, you, you, you take it personal and you, and it's, and, or you, or if somebody attacks, you know, your business, um, online or somebody attacks your, your political group online, you take it personal. You think, you think you have something to lose and you're not looking at it from well, maybe uh, not something to lose, but you're, you're, it's like, it's up to you to protect them all. Like you're that barrier for them. Well, something you're going to lose or something somebody else is going to oh, lose maybe. as part of yeah. your group. Yeah. But there's but there's a thing you're trying to protect. We'll, we'll say yeah. that. Yeah. So you're trying to protect something when you should, you know, the the biggest benefit you're going to get out of it is if you learn something. Right. Either learn something about them or learn something about yourself right. or learn something about the world you didn't know. Yeah. If you don't learn anything and you just have two opinions out there. And I watched, uh, I watched some podcasts. And I can only go so far with a podcast where you have two people who are having different opinions, but un, either so, so entrenched in their opinions or unable to, to take other information and then reflect on it with their own opinion and have a conversation that, that grows anybody. When, if, if two people are just on opposite sides, and I think that's a little bit of what we have on mainstream media a lot of times is some one person has an opinion another person has an opinion they don't learn anything from each other they just sit and have their opinions and then they you know they have these quick five minute clips online where two people you know give different opinions the person who's watching you know may come away with something but if one of the opinions is based on a low a low level of information then you just gave it 
of an opinion that that reassures somebody else who has that wrong opinion. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we should be getting somewhere with the conversation. We should be advancing the conversation and people who have you know a lower level of, of information for go away with something, not just a defense. You know, we, we build better arguments to defend like uh, to defend our opinion instead of build better arguments to advance our own understanding. Mm-hmm. And and I think that we're we're gonna go through what it is that social media is, you know, is transforming and, and where we go from here. Uh, I, it, I like being in the evolutionary process. I like being in the, let, let's grow. I might disagree with you. I might be very, dis- I might be wrong all the time too. I, I, I don't mind that. What I'm doing is I'm, I'm going back and forth, getting information. I'm, I'm pr- pr- poking and prodding to try to, to get more information out of you. Um, I'm not, I'm not interested in believing what you believe. That's, I already have 40 years of, of an eclectic uh, basis of understanding. I'm not looking to throw that away and adopt what you believe because you have that same 40 years of understanding that you have. I'm trying to get out what I need to, in, in, to further my growth as a person and not necessarily adopt an idea mm-hmm. that changes my life anymore. And I, I think that's like the silver bullet idea. You know, we're, we're looking for a silver bullet um, in a, for a lot of issues that we have, whether it's homelessness or whether it's, um, you know, poverty or whether it is the, you know, the virus, we're looking for a silver bullet. Let's, how do we make it go away? And you, you know, there's this idea that we're looking for that as a president or we're looking for that as a leader, a silver bullet who can snap their fingers and make it go away instead of we're, you know, we're actually as a human species working on, you know, nothing like that. We'll never have that. And it's a, as a, as a child, I wanted that, you know, as a, as a mid twenties, I wanted a silver bullet. I wanted to make the world a better place, like right away, let's do it. There must be some way to do that, but yeah, there would be a way to do that. If you were the only one on the planet, maybe you could figure that out and all of a sudden adopt an idea. But when you actually then go back into the marketplace, whether it's an idea marketplace or, or, you know, the world of capitalism where you have to function as a part of a bigger whole, well, when things are going one direction, you have to figure out how to move, mm-hmm. you know, harmoniously in that direction. Yeah. So that was a that was a big, maybe a big red pill. I don't know, but don't but also, know. I, you know, I, I do I do uh, identify as a white pill too. I mean, I'm I'm optimistic. I mean, what, whatever the world has, I've been through enough. You've been through enough. Where whatever the world has for us, we're looking for that that positive growth out of it and and how you know we believe that that there is something positive about that uh, experience that we can take away from it we depend you know you have people who when donald trump was elected in 2016 were crying well that's not our our mentality you know we're not going to cry if somebody gets elected who we didn't want to be president we're not going to cry about that because we're like okay what's next you know what is the benefit of this for everyone and how do we make this then a bigger benefit for everyone and how do we help people you know who need help and 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 when you when you have that service oriented mentality that we have growing up in the in the service industries growing up in places where it was our job to help somebody where you you worked in uh, optometry helping people fit glasses i've i've worked in various um, service industries that have given me an idea okay this person's coming in for advice from me i'm the you know can't be an a complete expert, you know, but I have enough to get them to where they need to go. And if 
they you know go past my level of expertise i can hand them off to somebody else you i i think that is a, a real benefit to us and outside of an academic um, education that is something that is needed for everybody to understand that i need to meet this person where they're at and find out how to help them because they're just coming in off the street and i need to know how to adapt to that um, that's something that that we've been able to develop i know um, I know the other people who do that, you know, end up on uh, in a good place as well. But let's uh, let's move on to what's next on your list. You have the bullet points. Um, I have the rambling. So let's go. Okay. Um, um, okay. So I've lost my train of thought. Um, there was something there with the service industry that you were talking about. Um, maybe I'll come back to it. So we had the magical monolith here. So, um, yes. And so there's there's some Background. speculation that um, where it came from, what happened to it, why it was here. Um, obviously, we covered it just... On well, the, the background, background leading up to sure, that. Sure, let, let's let you talk again. Go ahead. Okay, so we we started. <laughs> well, you went right into our monolith, but the reason why it, it even probably appeared and why yeah. it was a, a worldwide phenomenon, it was the third monolith within about a week that had gotten um, national attention. So mm -hmm. we had one start in uh, in Utah, right. um, lasted during the Thanksgiving week. Then we had one appear in Romania, and then the day after that, one appeared at the top of Pine Mountain here in Atascadero. And from there, I'll let you take it. No, keep going. Okay. So then we, you got an email, right, that morning. <laughs> so, what was that? And what was that email? All right. Well, so we, we got an email just saying that there was something up on Pine Mountain. Um, and so I honestly did not know what it was. So we were on deadline that day. It, it was Wednesday morning. Um, obviously, we're running. Um, so I, I actually, I, I think I said something to Brian about it. Um, and then you had seen it somewhere. Um, and I said, oh, well, we, we I, got I an email the, on that. Yeah, I had seen the Utah one. And I think you just, you just mentioned that you got an email about a monolith. Yeah. So I, and, yeah. and I knew kind of what the hubbub was about the Utah monolith. Right. And I didn't know about the Romania one until I was kind of on my way up the mountain here. Yeah. So you ran up there and took some photos of it. We got it in the paper, which was great. But the, the craziest part about the whole thing um, that still blows my mind is the international attention to it. Um, so right away, I mean, once we had it up, our, our website just shot through the roof. Um, people wanted a lot of information on it. And then we started getting contacted from m multiple news sources asking for the photo, for your video, um, and things like that. So I'll let you take it from there because we even got a call from the UK. So, yeah, we had um, – so I went up there, took some photos, got the article up online. It started blowing up, um, sharing all over the place. Twitter was uh, one of the main traffic drivers for mm -hmm. us in that. Um, oh, Connor so, so with Allen. that, so Connor, Connor Allen actually shared – Connor Allen shared yeah. uh, a post about it, uh, yeah. which was, um, it was retweeted uh, last time I checked. I think it was retweeted a few thousand times, maybe up to 3,000 times. Um, it was retweeted. Um, I saw yesterday um, that it was retweeted by Kathy Griffin. Um, Interesting. And so also other news organizations uh, retweeted it. Uh, we got calls from the International Business Times, 
um, Insider, Business Insider, Insider.com, Vice um, News, and then we got a phone call from uh, a radio station in the UK yesterday. Um, now, yesterday, by the time we had talked to the radio station in the UK, the monolith was actually gone. Um, it appeared yeah. early morning on Wednesday morning and was then um, torn down and stolen by a group of kids out of the Orange County area. Yeah. Uh, it lasted maybe around 24 hours. Um, and when I had gone up there and I checked it out, I, that was my suspicion. As soon as this thing blew up, um, I didn't expect somebody to come from Orange County. I, you know, I would have expected somebody local just to hike up there and be like, I'm taking this home. Uh, that was my first thought. I wanted to take it back to our office here if I could pick it up and, and carry it. But it was, it was a little heavier than that. It was probably a couple hundred pounds. Um, and so... So what did you feel about it when you were up there? How did it make you feel? It made me feel like uh, somebody had fabricated this in their garage. And oh, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it... I just but didn't was expect. It cool, but was it cool though? I mean, that's a, that's a thing for me. Like whether it was fabricated or not, it's it's the fact that somebody took the time to create this thing, take it up there, put rebar in the ground, make it look like they hadn't touched the the soil and the dirt everywhere around it, made right. it look like it had just been there, like planted there by the universe, you know, for some right. reason. And I think that's that's where. Where you get into the idea that it's a monolith. Well, a monolith would be like one one object, mm -hmm. and and so I went up there. The first thing I wanted to check out because I I looked up the Utah monolith. I uh, taken a look at that. Uh, I never I didn't see anybody go up to the Utah monolith and inspect it closely, but apparently it really had the same kind of rivets that and and construction that this one had. Uh, it wasn't the same one. The the one yeah. in Utah was wider. Um, it was about two feet wide on each three of three sides. Ours was about 18 inches wide on, on each of three sides. So ours looked a little thinner uh, and slimmer, but it, I wanted to know, like, you know, was this something that, you know, is just traveling around the universe and in some kind of an extraterrestrial way yeah. or, you know, cosmic way, what's going on here. So, you know, walking up to it, I could see before I got pretty close that it had rivets and that was a dead giveaway. Then the angles were soldered or, or welded together. Um, so I, I, growing up here, you know, anybody in a shop class could have learned how to do this. Now, whether they had it laying around the garage, it's right. probably somebody who had um, access or who is in this business. Um, I, we, we know people, we've talked to people who make signs and, and do welding. You know, the, the guy that came and gave us a quote for our, our business sign likely has all of these things sitting in his garage was very quick on his feet said hey i'm gonna make one of these and put it on top of pine mountain great idea i mean and, and we don't i mean we don't know who did we it. don't know who did it but Just, uh, but we know yeah. that you know that that idea he was very quick um and, and did it and it blew up to an international story and and attracted people from as far away from as orange county to come up and steal it so and we know that because they have a video and they they proudly uh, announced what they were doing and showed us uh, that they tore it down and took it away and replaced it with a wooden cross. Um, so the, it, it was, it was fun. Like what I wanted, uh, because when you, 
the idea of a monolith just appearing out of nowhere it has a mystery to it as a mystique and it's fun and and it's a good hike that that hike is as walked every day i met a friend of mine up there um who was taking his daily walk that he walks that that area every day said that he was there yesterday that it wasn't there yesterday that it was there on you know wasn't there on tuesday was there on wednesday mm-hmm. so we knew when it was put up um uh, and it was attracting a lot of people to come up the hill. In fact, we got, a, an, I think, an email. Tell us about that email from the neighbors. Around. So we did. We got an email, um, I want to say it was yesterday morning. So it was the day after. Um, and they had said that they really wanted us to put out that it was gone because their little neighborhood had cars that were parked all over it. People didn't know where Pine Mountain was, so they didn't know how to find the trails. So they were parking in there. Um, in their streets and in their driveways and asking people where to find the monolith. And um, by then, we had already had three or four stories up saying that it was gone. The city came out with a statement. Um, Heather Moreno, the mayor, came out with a statement. Um, very disappointed that somebody would come up and take it and vandalize it. Yeah. Um, you know, and it was. It was It was extremely disheartening to have that happen because it was such a regardless of who put it up and what happened to it, it really showed, like, the entire community and beyond this like this fun joyful thing that was happening you know we don't have anything fun and joyful and like and i I hate to say hopeful because having something like that maybe not is hopeful but it's it just gives somebody something else other than all the chaos that's happening right now Well, think back to to easter of this year when you know in our community and and in paso robles um people started making uh wooden cutouts plywood cutouts of eggs painting them and putting them in front of their houses. So it, right. it reminded me of that. It was like, here's a phenomenon. Uh, people are joining in on putting things out and making it kind of like a, you have to go trek to find this. And you have to, you know, if you wanted to take pictures of a lot of different ones, somebody made a Lion King um, egg. There was a lot of, uh, of cartoon character eggs, superhero eggs. Like there was a, and everybody put a lot of energy in. It took mm-hmm. our mind off of what else was going on. So it was kind of fun. You know, when you have a monolith, you're talking about the idea of, you know, Stanley Kubrick's 2001 Space Odyssey and <laughs> aliens. And um, and so it's, you know, that that kind of mystique surrounded this. And, and it was it was something that was going to get people out to to go and visit it. Um, the the folks from the UK on the radio station, that was their first thing. They wanted to hear that it looked like it was from outer space and, right. and that it had some kind of substance to it. And, and that's what, what I was looking for. I, w- I went up there to see, is this thing polished, you know, shiny, reflective, yeah. mirrored? Um, it was awfully know. pretty, though, in the photos. Yeah, it, it, I mean, it, it did just... give it, it was stainless steel with a yeah. nice uh, reflection, but it wasn't, you know, it wasn't mirrored. It definitely was something you could see how it was put together. So you knew, you know, m- mentally you could take it apart and see what was kind of inside just by thinking about it. And so it took away from some of the mystique, but just being up there, still people were going to go up there. They were going to take selfies with it. It was something yeah. I, I had told the city. I just want to make sure that, you know, that, you know, the idea of securing it was not um, missed. I mean, the yeah. I, I told the city right away, I said, you should get up there. This is international. You should get up there right now. It's on city property. Get up there right now and secure this, whether you, you, however that looks, get up there and do this because something like that wasn't going to last. I knew that some mischievous yeah. kids and, and the people who, who took it away looked like they were maybe in their early 20s, late teens, 
Um, but some mischievous kids were going to come and take it. It's just one of those things, that, unless it was secured, unless it was, um, you know, uh, protected in some way, it was going to be taken away. Do you think it would be as, as much of a, a kind of a sightseer if we knew who put it up there? No, I think the mystery is what mm-hmm. what draws it, and I and I just want to give a big shout out to whoever did that. I mm-hmm. and, you know, there's only a handful of people in Atascadero who probably had the materials and the the skill set to put that together and go up there. Uh, they couldn't do it alone. This thing was probably a couple hundred pounds, so they definitely had friends. So it's not like only one person knows who did it. There's a group of people out there who know who did it. Big high five to you guys for. Uh, lighting the lighting our website on fire for sure we did do it again with concrete yeah if you're gonna do it do it with concrete <laughs> go in there plan it out uh, do some exterior solar lighting and uh, and electricity uh, you know electrification so that people can't uh, t- touch it and take it away yeah. um, but it wouldn't be the same if somebody went up there and put another one up you know it was the idea that yeah. this just appeared no, it just appeared out of nowhere yeah. No, somebody did bring up a good point is that it is on um, city property. So it is, it's owned by the city. So what would be the difference if, if I, which, you know, I, I wouldn't do it anonymously, but let's say that I, I, I wanted to go and copy what they did because it was beautiful up there. It was really nice to have something there. The light shined off of when you hike to the top, you actually have something to look at, you know, uh, you know, other than the beautiful view. Um, would I be fined? Would, would the city come and find me? Would, would I have to pay? Would I have to go and get an order, like a, a permit to put that up? So the, the fact that the ground was, was disturbed, they put rebar into the ground. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it's littering to have something like that mm-hmm. up there. Um, the, the rebar in the ground was definitely something that was physically done. Um, because if something happened to it, would the city be liable? Correct. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, that, that was my first, I, mm-hmm. I called Parks and Rec when I came down the mountain. They hadn't heard about it yet, which I was surprised that nobody yeah. had told the city yet. So I called Parks and Rec. I said, hey, you might want to get up there because I did push on it. And it was, it did. I watched the video of the people who did tear it down. It wasn't easy for them to tear down. I thought it was a little, a little less um, installed than it was when I pushed on it. It was, it would wobble. Um, and I wobbled it just uh, by hand. It was sat on top of that? Yeah. Okay. But I don't know. What, yeah, I, I don't know. If, how it was exactly attached huh. at the bottom, but um, but it's likely they could have just lifted it off the ground um, instead of pushing it over like they did um, and kept it more intact. But the uh, so I called them because that was my concern. Like if somebody put, does push this over on somebody else, mm-hmm. I, obviously the city's going to be the one on the hook for it because it's on city property, yeah. um, regardless of what it is at that point. Right. Um, and um, so on the other hand, you know. Um, if somebody went up there and put like this guy asked, what if you wanted to put a billboard up somewhere, right? Is he going to be fined? Well, if, if these guys who put this up there, these or or ladies, whoever it might be, uh, put it up there then, and they announced that they did it, well, they're going to be on the hook for it. Just like the guys who came up there and took it away are on the hook for what they did. I mean, when you do something in life, it has consequences. I mean, that's, that's kind of the personal responsibility for that. Yeah. That's kind of the world we live in. And if people don't understand that the world we live in is one where if you do something, it has consequences. And we live in a world where things are, 
are well-traveled paths. You know, there's, there's opportunities for pioneers to do something off the beaten path and do something interesting and new and create something that hasn't been created before and endeavor in a, in a field that hasn't been endeavored that far before. And, and there's so much opportunity out there where there is sometimes in our, in our youth, we get despondent. We think everything's been done before. What am I going to do that's new or, or fresh? Or don't, you know, always think, you know, how am I improving myself? Because that opportunity to do something new and fresh and pioneer something may just appear out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. You don't know what it is, but, but the idea that, you know, we, we know, um, what certain, uh, actions are going to involve and the consequences of those actions. We already know a lot of that. that yeah. That's, that's the sophistication of our society. We, we know what the consequences of certain actions are and the, what the results are of certain things whether you're winning or whether you're losing uh, from those consequences is, is a part of your growing up and finding out what it is. And so, you know, we, yeah. you go into personal responsibility. I think that the, that the governor of California is learning, uh, you know, where he's, he's endeavoring and pioneering, you know, he say, how far can we take this? The, the, the mayor of LA, how far can we take this particular pioneering? I'm gonna, I'm gonna shut everybody down and you can't have outdoor, outdoor eating. Well, then a judge goes, wait, you can't do that. You can't do that without evidence of why you're doing that. We're, you're pushing too far, yeah. right? So that, so now they're learning, you know, the, the government's now learning how far is too far. And they're really taking this opportunity to find out how far is too far. And then they learn. So, I mean, it's, and that's just a natural process of who mm -hmm. we are as people. We, we learn through doing and, and, you know, Cal Poly, big shout out to Cal Poly San Luis Obispo, learn by doing. That's what we're doing in, in life. And we learn that. Yeah, that's a that's a good segue into something that I was um, thought we would end on. So I'm, I'm not going to touch on that just yet, but I did make myself a note so we can go back to that. Yeah. Um, but just real quick, just to close out the monolith, though. Um, so you were on a talk show with the UK, correct? Correct. I don't know what radio program it was, <laughs> to be honest. I, I uh, they called. They said, can you do a FaceTime with us? Uh, it wasn't a video FaceTime. It was an audio FaceTime. They called. I spoke with them for you know five minutes and That's and neat. yeah, I, I I let them know it wasn't supernatural. It was not from outer space. You know, there's there was no beam me up uh, situation going to happen around this thing. It was fabricated by somebody uh, at a pedestrian, you know, a a mid level uh, welding person with access to probably you know the, the same material uh, that you might find in an industrial kitchen. Uh, that yeah. kind of thing. So I let them know that and they were like, you know, they basically I ruined Christmas for them, um, telling them Santa Claus didn't exist. And then they were kind of done with me at that point. So Aww. thank you so much. Well, we're moving on now. Yeah. So, but it was pretty neat. I mean, it was, it was a pretty exciting couple, couple, four days, a couple, three days. Um, even this morning, our numbers on the websites are still up. People are still reading it, still sharing it, which is, is pretty neat to me. It just shows mm -hmm. that people are looking for hope in like the littlest places and, and um, here we are in the Tascadero, and, and they found it, and, and they think it's an incredible story. Yeah, so. the, the monolith uh, meme yeah. worldwide is, is going strong. It's, it's pretty funny. People are finding monoliths in their toilet or monoliths <laughs> on you – know, they're, they're finding it in a lot of different places. There was one video uh, of a guy who says, I found the fourth monolith, um, and it was obviously like a big cardboard uh, structure in a triangle with um, – 
covered in aluminum foil, oh. and the guy dressed up as Bigfoot, and he's nice. carrying the, he's carrying the monolith through the woods. So uh, it, it has taken a life of its own. Yeah. It's, it's fun. It's it's something to as um, uh, who uh, uh, Stephen Colbert's uh, show reached out to us yesterday and asked us if they could use our our content for the show. So that probably aired last night. Um, and she, uh, the, the girl I was talking to back and forth said that it's, it's nice to have something different to talk about yeah. than probably politics and that right. kind of thing. And, you know, knowing Stephen Colbert's show, uh, I'm sure that's, you know, few and far between that they don't, don't talk about, you know, politics and at this point, but, uh, it's, it's just interesting. It's, and it is something to kind of, you know, distract us from other things in our life. And mm -hmm. that's, that is the, the ultimate, um, the pinnacle of what that could have been yeah. for Tascadero is to get people out and walk up this big hill right. to take pictures with this thing. Cause it was, it's a, it's a good hike. It's really, it's something well, we people do all the time. We had a friend that posted on Facebook that went up there and she's like, I never hike. I never do this, but oh, I Jamie. needed to see this. Yeah. But she, she we don't have to say her last name. Friend, yeah. But we, you out. know who you are, Jamie. But she, but she got up there and she was like, I made it. <laughs> but see, that's the thing though. I mean, that's, it was something that got people out of their comfort mm -hmm. zone and was like, Hey, I'm going to go and I'm going to do this and right. I'm going to do something different and I'm going to see this because it might be a once in a lifetime. It's what we could do. Yeah. So, um, Pretty neat. you know, we got, we have no love for that group, uh, down in Orange County that came and did what they did. Uh, no, we got no love not for you. Good human. Yeah. We get, you, you, you could do better, um, do better for Orange County, do better for yourself. Yes. Um, so. Yeah. So on that note, um, I was going to talk about the magazine. So the magazines will be in mailboxes today. Um, we did have a delay just with uh, postage, so that's why. Hold them up to the camera. What do you got in your I hand? I only have the one. Um, so this, Paso Magazine. Yeah, Paso Magazine, Colony Magazine, I think is on my desk. Um, but our, our theme for this month was hope this holiday season. Um, we have locals that share words of hope. We have a wonderful holiday menu uh, filled with love, we say, from Barbie Boots. Uh, we do a, an overview, uh, you're in perspective. Um, but the whole thing is filled with holiday blessings, Yuletide. Um, we still right now have North County holiday events that kick off this weekend. Um, the first one being tonight um, with the city lighting. I think it's tonight, December 4th, right? Yeah, light up downtown to Tascadero Drive-In. And I have to say, um, in, in all of the communities and in San Luis as well, um, and I'll give a shout out, obviously, to our local people in Paso and here in Atascadero with Terry. Like, they, they really went over and beyond this year to try to make sure that they had something for the kiddos, something for the community to look forward to, to set up this whole drive-through, and then to set up a map of all the lights throughout Atascadero. Um, a huge shout out to Terry and her team for doing that and getting that all coordinated right away, too. I mean, she didn't delay. They weren't trying to figure things out. They were like, nope, we know COVID now. We know what we can do. We're not going to try to push the envelope and have something that we have to cancel. We're just going to do this. Um, so huge shout out to her. Santa Margarita is still having their tree lighting and their parade. Uh, San Miguel is doing the same thing with the fire associate, the firemen's or the fire association. Um, and then Paso Robles and their police department are just phenomenal just the neatest people they they put out a post the other day and their their social media um uh person which i, I don't know if that's caleb or not he run but, he he but, organizes the group there's a okay. there's several who post on but if you guys media. don't follow pastor robles pd social media facebook it's hilarious and the way that they talk about things the way that they address 
uh, either crimes or yeah. just arrests and things like that. It's, it's, it's comical. It's one um, nationwide. I've, yeah. I've seen a lot of, <laughs> of posts from police departments nationwide. They are in, I, I would say top. I would say they are the top. They, they're right along the same lines as Sheriff Judd to me. It, if, from, no, if nobody knows who Jer- Sheriff Judd in Florida is, you need to look him up. He is one yeah. of the greatest humans on the planet. They pull no punches. <laughs> they have a sense of humor and a sense of context, and they use it to their full advantage. They yes. they yeah. are not shy about um, the fact that they are wrangling criminals out no. of the out of the riverbed. No, and they're and they're again they're also trying to be good humans as well. And so let me read this to you real quick because it's All hilarious. Right. All right. Um, so they they posted this uh yesterday or, or on wednesday probably but they said hey we thought we'd sh- we'd spread a little spread a little holiday cheer we've issued each officer some not so official holiday traffic warnings to be given out during the holiday season seriously nobody wants a ticket during the season of cheer if the officer cuts you a break they will issue you a special holiday santa warning warning thingy a warning thingy. A warning thingy. Pay it forward. Do something nice for someone. Now, this doesn't mean that you can drive like a maniac. Our officers still have discretion to cite. Drive, drive well sauced or spiked on egg or spiked eggnog. You will go to jail. Please stay safe, Paso. So it's, it's just you know they they also know like we're having a rough time. We're having a rough time with everything that we've got going on. The businesses are having a rough time. Um, our local businesses, our local retails, our restaurants now again. Um, and they, they do try to lighten it up. They, they lighten it up. They remember that people are people, that we're all humans just trying to make it through a day. Um, and that's really what we did in the magazine this time around, too, is that you know everything that we wrote about has hope. Everything that we, we, we put little nuances here and there just saying, you're not alone. You're not alone. And if you feel like you are, call us. Reach out to us. Reach out to the people that are in the magazine because we're all here. We're all walking through this together. And, you know, um, you know and this was kind of the segment that I wanted to end on. Um, when we go into like the California Constitution, and I wanted to ask you some questions on that, but you know the the thing that we have right now is that they there's a group of us people and, and humans that can weather storms a little bit better than other people can weather storms, and the people that that tend to not weather storms as well, those are the people that I'm very worried about because I know my own character. I'm a very strong person. I'm very um, I'm very solid with who I am. I understand who I am. I know my shortcomings. I practice to, to get out of my shortcomings and to bypass my shortcomings. But when you hear negative after negative after negative, if that's the realm that you're in, it's very hard to get out of that. So we just want to make sure that people out there, like either turn off your TVs, turn on something light, listen to holiday music. If you're not, a, if you're not into the holidays and you don't celebrate the holidays, that's okay too. Because that's the other whole aspect of this that you see every year. And this is outside of COVID here, that there's so many people that get depressed within the holidays because they don't celebrate the holidays. So then they feel like they're not in the right spot or they're not accepted or no, if you don't celebrate anything, more power to you. We're here for you too. You know, because the thing for me is it's just be a good human to each other. You know, and if we, if we can remember that at the end of the day, that's what's important. It doesn't matter what your religion is or what your belief structures are or it, what school you went to or any of that. What we're trying to do is help each other here on this planet. Um, we did write in our in our pub letter this month is that you know we're we're all here on this planet that's spinning um, a thousand miles an thousand hour. miles an hour and it's incredible that we're actually alive. 
<laughs> so, yeah. so in, in the time and era and in the planet and the atmosphere, if whatever it is. If you're alive today, you we have... We have people floating in outer space. We have an astronaut from Cal well, Poly yeah, floating in outer space. Like, it's incredible to live today. Well, he's a, he's, he went to Cal Poly. He's not a... He's not from Cal Poly. No, no, he went. Sorry, yeah. he didn't born and raised in Cal Poly. He just went to Cal Poly. Yeah. But still, he's from the Central Coast. So that's super awesome. Yeah, so. and he's and they're learning by doing up there in outer space. Shout out yeah. to Cal Poly, um, Again. and Again. and stop getting COVID, Cal Poly. At the same time, you guys are ruining it for the rest of us. Stop. Um, anyway. So. So anyways, the, the magazines are about hope, yeah. you know, and, and throughout the newspapers in December, our themes are hope and we're doing yeah. different things. And our, and our magazines, and they have a huge reach, but we, we don't, um, we don't do the doom and gloom in our magazines. Mm -hmm. We do hope we do, we do what's good. Uh, somebody commented that they get, uh, the pastor magazine every month and it just looks like everything's good. And why is, why would this magazine come in and say everything's good? And it is, it's, it's a break from. From everything else um it's it's your lifetime channel it's your you know your hallmark, hallmark your it's your hallmark <laughs> movie um if you you know we do have our websites and we have our newspapers if you yeah. want to read um read All inside of that yeah. everything else that's going on if you haven't had enough of that so far uh, go ahead and and pick up a newspaper but uh, but yeah we have great magazines that, that talk about that stuff because we have a great community and i think everybody mm -hmm. every community can be great you know we we are really fortunate that we have so much greatness in our community that it can we can fill the pages of our magazine every month with with so much good stuff so many yeah. so many good businesses so many good people so many good events um even if those events are modified this year yeah. even if they're a little bit different than they usually are uh you know we are go we do go through the the darkest and coldest time of the year during this time it's why we have holiday season um in the dead of winter because we light a candle we light a light we put some light in our lives where where it's dark and and it's you know we have uh, isolation and and disease um that is um is her is harming our community right now so everybody um, who can reach out to those who you know who need that uh, human touch and need a little bit of warmth in their life um, and to those who um, you know might be listening um, who need that as well you know reach out do something good for somebody else um, and and uh, back to the personal responsibility you know that we we know what what the consequences are um, we don't know who has, you know, a virus, who's sick, who, you know, but we know we can protect ourselves. We, we do need to go about our business. We do need to keep our mental health good. Uh, when, when I was up on that uh, mountain with the monolith, there was a dozen other people and more people on the way, you know, I took my personal responsibility. Not everybody was as distanced as I was. Not everybody was maybe as as conscientious as I was. Maybe those people are are spreading a, a virus. Maybe they're not. I don't know. But I'm protecting myself. I'm not putting myself in a position where I'm being um, uh, irresponsible with my health. And that comes down to what we eat, what we drink, um, you know, the exercise we're doing, how we're treating our mind, how we're treating our spirit. So, you know, it's all of these things that make a human. It's, it's your mind, body, and spirit. Take care of all of those things through this holiday season, however it is. You know, we don't, we, um, you and I don't participate on a, you know, a cookie cutter traditional uh, platform when it comes to the holidays. We have our own way of, about it that makes us whole. 
You know, that's what it's about. It's making our lives whole and making our children's lives whole. And that's what we need to do, you know, as a, as a society, as we're moving forward, is focus on what makes your life whole. Uh, and if it means that somebody else has to do something, maybe you've, um, maybe you've missed something along the way. If, if you have to demand somebody else do something in order for your life to be whole, maybe you just should take a break, reassess your entire philosophy, and come back tomorrow with, with an idea that you're responsible for making your life whole. Uh, that would be my uh, season's greetings and and uh, and yeah. uh, advice to everyone as we go through this. So, uh, so is there anything on, else? Yep, a couple more notes just to make sure that I put these plugs in there. Um, uh, when you're looking at the magazines, we have um, shopping local. Make sure you go through. We we put a bunch of businesses in here, and there's obviously more businesses as well. Um, try to show your local businesses some love, the local restaurants some love. Looks like we're going back to. Um, only dine out, so make sure you're ordering, picking up from restaurants if you can. Um, we have our hidden, uh, the Hidden Springs Tree Farm. If you want to go cut down your own tree, um, and then the other thing that I was going to bring up, and the reason why I'm flipping through is because I can't remember what it was. Oh no, what it was is that we're doing, um, we're doing a call on all kiddos. Um, so we're doing a coloring contest for the kiddos. Um, we put it in the magazine, and we also ran it in the newspaper this week. There's a QR code that you can go on the website with. Um, or you can just go straight to the website and type in um, coloring contest. It has two different um, coloring pages. You can print them out, have your kiddos color them, email the, a photo back into us, um, or tag us on social media, and then we're going to pick uh, three winners, and then we'll publish them in our paper on the 24th. So um, something a little bit fun. We wanted to put that out there for the kiddos and, and also give some holiday spirit to them. Um, if you want to pick one up, if you don't have a printer, we'll have some here at the office and the Pass Rebels Chamber has them, um, in Pass Rebels that you could stop by and pick up a couple of sheets from as well. So, and you can drop them off there too, because Gina said that her and her team would email those over to us if they Excellent. needed. Excellent. Yeah. So enjoy each other, um, be good humans and. And be good humans. That's it. That's all I got. Uh, thank you all for joining us. We'll be yes. back next week. Yep. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll start to, uh. Um, evolve our own show as we go so you'll see some different types of uh, episodes come out um, we'll have guests we'll have uh, news we'll have uh, a lot of different things um, as we evolve what we're doing here at the podcast the we the people podcast um, we didn't get to the california constitution um, but why don't we pick that up on the next yeah, one then? all i'll yep. say about that as we yeah. close is that um, the California Constitution is uh, a great document. It uh, mirrors very much the, the federal constitution, the U.S. Constitution. Where can people find that? Um, actually, they can uh, go to legislature.ca.gov. I have it up on the screen right here. They can see that. Or? Or Google. Or they can go to our website and, yeah. and read um, something that I wrote yesterday from the Because you have a us. link in there for it, right? Yeah, there's yeah. a link in okay. there. Um, you know, just Article 1, it just says all people are by nature uh, are free and independent and have inalienable rights. Among these are enjoying and defending life and liberty, acquiring, possess, and possessing, and protecting property, and pursuing and obtaining safety, happiness, and privacy. So those are your inalienable rights per the Constitution of the California Constitution. Um, if you're not aware of those and taking advantage of those, then uh, don't expect anybody else to do those for you. Uh, these are inalienable rights not to uh, a collective but to an inv individual um, and uh, free and independent. So do that for yourself. Uh, you know, learn something today that you haven't learned. Read the 
California Constitution because it's awesome. It actually has more rights listed in it than the rights that are uh, listed in the Bill of Rights um, outside of, um, you know, uh, maybe guns. I think it doesn't have in here. But uh, the, anyways, uh, you can learn um, on your own. I will continue to do so. I'm a very big fan of constitutions because it's what we can rely on when people like Gavin Newsom or Eric Garcetti uh, extend beyond their um, scope of their authority, then we the people um, have something to rely on that we can uh, point back to. It's usually uh, spoken in p plain English so that all of us can understand it and treat each other with respect. That is, this is what we all share as a community um, and this is what this community is built on. So let's continue to build, continue to grow. Let's uh, close 2020 out with a great, uh, a great year. Um, uh, with, the, with an upswing, hopefully, of, of greatness, and then we can come back to 2021 and uh, do a redo on, on this year. So right. thank you all for joining us. We hope to see you next time.